Guten Tag, and welcome to another quality content module freshly ground by Small Beans, where ideas are always percolating. If you enjoy this pod, please consider joining our community over at patreon.com slash smallbeans, where only three bucks a month gets you access to double the content, including Patreon-exclusive series like Spielboys and Star Trek The Next Futurama, plus bonus episodes of your SB favorites. Much love and enjoy the thing. Do you lick your hands before you clap? God, it's never even occurred to me to do that. Give no, Dave, extra why? slappies, extra do slappies. You? I was always grossed out already by the old trope that I've only seen in cartoons and movies, but the idea that you lick your thumb every time you turn a book page, what the hell is that shit? Oh, I know why people would do that, but I've never done it. Because you moisten, it gives you traction, right? I guess, I guess, but is it that hard? Or maybe page technology has improved. I'd I like bet paper so. has improved. Yeah. Because I maybe old timey books, it was like, man, they just come all stuck together. I, like the shit is impossible I think to you turn. Might, I think you might be right because I used to, um, you know, in New England, there was a lot of antique stuff and I would buy old books sometimes and they were like the paper would be thinner, like they would be more brittle uh, uh, in general. Uh, and not just because they were older, but like they were thinner, I feel like the pieces so they could stick together easily. Yeah. Uh, have you you ever seen a book that's on what do they call it? onion skin? No. Really? Like this is not even like if I sneeze while reading, it will put a, a right. hole through the book. Yeah. Uh, it, interesting to think that there was a time because that was like TV, right? Where. uh You'd really care about book technology. Like new paper yeah. would be like, oh, they have 4K HD now. Look, the paper, you it turns nice. Right. This this book handles good. I like the spine. Man, yeah, the past. Good smell. The past <laughs> sucked. Uh, oh, that always reminds me of if you go back far enough in the past and uh, everyone knew 50 dances. And I've in my life ever been like... Why don't I know a bunch of dances? And then I realized there's way better stuff to do. Right. There was nothing to do. <laughs> All you have is your body. You can only jerk off so many times in a day. Yeah. You dance. Like, what the fuck else are you going to do? Watching, <laughs> I was watching Brotherhood of the Wolf. And there's like a scene in that where they're having dinner. And yeah. one of the one of the like Frenchmen is like, I propose I recite a poem for you all. And it's like, God, it sucked back then. Yeah. And stank and yeah. Yeah. It's like, they can't just (laughs) like eat while watching TV. Some asshole has to give a poem to you and you have to like be entertained by the poem. Uh, Now imagine if that pattern continues. Like imagine. I know. Two schlubs in 400 years will be like, they thought TV was like worth doing. Yeah. That's crazy. You know? I assume <laughs> what the fuck the way, will they be doing? Yeah, I my guess is, I mean, everything seems to be about time, right? Like reading a book versus watching a movie, uh, versus being on the internet. So there might be a feeling mm. of like, I can't believe how much time it took for them to like consume a thing. I I don't know. I I hope. I, I everybody wants to be in the sweet spot, right? Everybody wants to be the generation. You where hope it's like, media platform like plateaus yeah, here. Yeah, where your it's lifetime. like it's all downhill from here. Uh, but yeah. I because no one wants to miss out, right? But right, I I do want it to be better personally. Oh, a lot of my fear about death has revolved around not getting to see the show in its entirety. Or like, yeah, I'll never know what worked out or didn't with the human race or what cool shit we invented oh, is. Yeah. 
Is interstellar travel possible ever? Probably not, but it'd be interesting to find out, but I won't. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, I think about that because I had a friend die who, like, you know, was excited for movies that they'll never see, you know? Uh, And it's kind of wild when you think about that, where it's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, when I'm, uh, whenever I die, there's probably be something, unless I'm, like, so old I don't give a shit, you know? Yeah. I had a good college friend drown right in the middle of blowing up like he was in the middle of uh right he was in pre-pro for his first movie wow. like he sold a screenplay and everything that was hard that is hard. obviously way harder that he doesn't exist anymore but the movie thing also well of course i sucked. mean that, i think <laughs> yeah. we're, we're talking about things where it's like you know you experience a death you experience that and then after over time you get to think about different aspects over time it. you're like damn he was, man, he was on track, too. He was a good guy, and it was working out for him. Damn, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, death. What else? Um, death, life, rebirth. Speaking uh, of rebirth, I, I don't on... think we've really talked about our feelings around the revamp, the reboot. Of what? They got John DiMaggio, a fucking oh, Futurama. We've talked about man, this. I'm excited what if for they were, it. What if they were bringing back TNG? That would be so well, great. They, yeah, <laughs> they kind of did, didn't they? No, but oh, I guess I haven't seen it. Do they? They brought so I haven't seen either. Is I everyone got, so, on that? Yes. Like is Michael Dorn on yes. that and uh, Lavar Burton? Yes. And everyone's so on. So the it. first okay, season. Yeah, I got through uh, like three episodes of the first season, and it just—it's not Star Trek. So I was just like, "All right, I'm done." I've been trying to get through it because I know season two is a Q season. Season two is Q is back, mm-hmm. and then by season three, for what it looks like. They're just tooling around space with the crew. Like, it's just Worf and... and, and Okay. Yeah, it's everybody they could get back, basically. Worf always joins in the middle. That's a signature move. Yeah. So I think what it is is they started with the card, and then they slowly added people as they went. And, of course, all the actors are like, fuck yeah, I'll be in it. So, like... Someone on... Yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just don't know if I can, like, skip ahead, because it's, like, the first season, at least, it's... I'm not... I I don't know. I don't... It's it's all kind of, you know... Not great. Dang. Well, Maybe uh, the I am more excited that to hear it pitched as a soft TNG reboot. And Ian Forty reached or on Twitter told me that season three seems to be radically different from one and two. But who knows? Who knows? Ooh. We'll see. I'll binge it probably once it wraps, which unfortunately I don't mind being one year behind most stuff. Right. And I like to watch it in quick succession. So I just yeah. wait. But yeah, I'm, which I'm, I'm watching Succession for, right now. Maybe we can, you know, maybe we can pair up those episodes to the new Futurama. Uh, what just well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how scanty the drawer is yeah. once we get to the bottom of it. But that drawer is still. We got that's a problem for future people because mm-hmm. uh, we got a big old drawer full of Star Treks to pair with. Whatever other show I just said, the name escapes me. Yeah, Star Trek The Next Futurama. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Futurama, an epic team-up between gamefully unemployed and small beans. For access to the entire series, find us on Patreon. And now your hosts, Mike and Dave. Wait, was that the intro? The intro just landed. Yeah, I Damn. didn't actually forget. It was a bit which you you played right into my hands, I bro. did. <laughs> I'm Michael Swaim. Uh, that's David Bell. Hi. This is Star Trek The Next Futurama on the Small Beans Network, meaning I am your host this time around. Uh, 
I guess I'll, I, I think I'll rip off the gamefully unemployed thing though. Um, Dave, let's move these up top. Why don't you tell them where they can get the other half of the Star Trek, the next Futurama episodes over on the gamefully unemployed pod, uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. That's all. That's right. They're not free. Um, you probably already know if you're listening to this because we took well, some of your money. We were going to talk about doing some free ones, weren't we? Oh, this one's free. <laughs> Hi, new people. That's true, which we should do, and we will. All this right. one's free. Do you want to plot this out now? Like, should I should I also put it on Gamefully Unemployed? Should we coordinate? No, I was I was thinking we'd dosy to write the next one. We'll also Got be free, it. but on Gamefully, and Got then we'll it. go back to normal. Okay, I like So if that. you're hearing this... And these things appeal to you and you like how the rest of this episode goes because we just did a little business, which is boring. Uh, yeah. Consider patronizing us to get the full series because we've been doing this for quite some time, but it's all behind the paywall. Yeah. What is this? Well, it's uh, it's episode. It's season four, episode one, Roswell that ends well. This is a good uh, it's, uh, option, isn't it? I thought so. Yeah. It's the first Emmy win, I believe, for Futurama. Yeah. Uh, incredible script. I think most fuchheads or whatever consider it a high point of the series. And, uh, since this is a free episode, man, I don't know. They would have, I guess it's in the intro theme song, but anyway, we're going to pair it with an episode of Star Trek, the next generation and explore the, the, uh, similarities and differences, how a team of comedy writers tackles a subject and how a team of drama writers tackles the same subject. Yeah. If you're a fan okay. of both shows, you probably know you know, Futurama was made by Star Trek fans, so it they are both in the same grouping to me, which is Twilight Zone. That that right. that entire where it's Scary like sci-fi it. what if. Uh and we've been shocked. Or, you know, that's why we did the podcast. Mm -hmm. We started noticing how many are literally about the same hook. So let's get into it. Uh we alternate hosts. I'm the host this week, and that means I'm gonna unpack Roswell that ends well. I'll do it real quick because I do think it's one that's pretty straightforward. People mostly remember it and people love it. So let's rip right through. Um, the the team, the gang, they're watching a supernova, y'all. And Fry makes popcorn, but it's the stovetop kind of popcorn, which, yes, still exists mm -hmm. in the future. The tinfoil dome, I guess, that you heat right. over the stove. Despite barely existing ever, as far as I'm now. concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he shoves it in the microwave. Which, as we all know, if we've accidentally microwaved tinfoil, makes blue energy. Yeah. <laughs> Pardon? I choked on how ridiculous that offer is. <laughs> um, and the supernova emits red energy. They meet in the middle. It sucks them through a time hole. Fuck you. Moving, moving on. It, the, the logic doesn't matter. It's fine. <clears throat> it's fine. The Planet Express ship crashes in a red rock desert. Uh, Bender refuses to wear a seatbelt, the coolest one of all, <laughs> and, oh, yeah. um, gets ejected out the front windshield and completely destroyed. Uh, so Fry carries his head around while they order Zoidberg to pick up the pieces. So he grabs one of Bender's arms and uses it like a claw and starts picking up the pieces while they go chill in the ship and talk about how to get back to their time, the year 3000. Mm. And because Zoidberg is alone, when the military who, you know, somehow picked up on the exploit. It doesn't matter. The military come to check out what's going on for whatever reason. And they find Zoidberg and they're like, you're an alien. And they capture him. And the show reveals that it's Roswell, New Mexico, and it's the past and it's the year 1947. And uh, you got to know that that's in. That's a true 
I mean, true. Conspiracy theorists have long held that alien contact was made. You know, Men in Black uses the same trope. Yeah. So it's a famous Roswell site, and the implication immediately is that, oh, the Roswell aliens are the Futurama gang. Who knew? Very clever. Very clever, said the Emmy judge, stroking their long, luxurious <laughs> beard. And... um. Uh, the professor's like, we got to go back through the time hole before it closes in 24 hours. And to do that, we need to replicate the thing. The time hole is already red energy or whatever. So we need blue energy. So we need a microwave. So the professor and Leela go out to search for a microwave in 1947 America. And while that plot's going on, because of course it turns out microwaves that we can, you know, like the ones we keep in our home have not been invented yet. That's going to be their challenge. Right. Um, uh, we also have the runner plot with Zoidberg, who is taken to a secret location along with Bender's parts. They, uh, you know, they do a vivisection, which they call an autopsy, but it's a vivisection on Zoidberg, uh, to try and figure out what he is. They try to communicate with them. Uh, they turn Bender's body into a little mini flying saucer because they think, you know, they mistakenly think that's how it's assembled or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they try to figure out if the aliens are trying to conquer us or if they can conquer them. They fly President Truman in. You know, it goes to the highest levels of power. Everyone's like, oh, my God, there's aliens. And they're all on this military base, Area 51. Meanwhile, Fry goes to try and get Zoidberg back. And he meets, by sheer chance... His own grandpa, Enos uh, Fry, who is, you know, enlisted in the army at Area 51, I guess, which didn't occur to Fry, but he dumb. So I guess we can buy it. Yeah. Um, and he is uh, consumed with the idea that uh, he can't change the past or it might fuck with him. And specifically, Enos must live. He's generally concerned about changing the future, as they all are, but he's specifically concerned that Enos will either become sterilized or die or decide he's gay or in some way not produce children because yes. then Fry won't exist. Back to the future style. So uh, we follow them all around. Uh, he eventually does get Enos killed by accidentally ensconcing him in a little cabin, which is where they do the first nuclear test, which was not in Roswell, New Mexico, <laughs> but, um, the nuclear blast, you know, the famous, uh, like black and white image you've seen over and over of the house disintegrating. Uh, he lives that like they animate that and he's, he's out of here yeah. as better. You are out of here. You are um, out of here. I love but that line. Fry doesn't cease to exist. So he's like, I got to figure out why I don't cease to exist. Or it must mean he already had a kid or I'm immortal or he's not really blah, blah, blah. So like he settles on the theory that Enos's girlfriend, Mildred, who he's already met and like been attracted to, but then been like, oh, no, that's my grandma. What am I thinking? He's like, he reasons the only way I could still exist is she's not my grandma. Really? Maybe Enos already had her. Who knows? But she ain't my grandma. Um and at that moment that he makes that realization, because it's a sitcom, she hits on him because she's so lonely from finding out Enos died. And they hook up. Uh, the professor and Leela realize there is a micro microwave radiation in this at this time. There's a microwave satellite dish at the base. So they decide, since they track down Fry and realize he fucked his own grandma, that they've already wrecked the timeline. <laughs> Fuck it. The professor is literally like, screw the timeline. Yeah. Uh, let's steal the dish, which we were trying not to do because we thought it would fuck with the timeline, but fuck it. Um, 
So they steal the dish. They yoink Zoidberg back and they're just like, bye. At the last second, because Fry is holding Bender's head out the window so that Bender can laugh at the past, um, (laughs) he drops Bender's head into the desert where it embeds. They cut back to the future. Everything's back to normal, except that Fry misses Bender. He realizes, wait, Bender lives forever. They fly to the desert and they dig him up. And Bender's like, hello, Meatwads. I still hate you. Ha ha ha. Bender. End of episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. That's Nailed basically it. it. And of course, we've talked about this a few times now. If this was uh, Star Trek Deep Space Futurama, mm-hmm. people would probably know what we'd match this up with, right? I believe it's called Little Green Man, but whatever. The one where Quark, Rom, and Nog go back to Roswell, New Mexico. Right. <laughs> yes, well, obviously. Well, uh, X-Files episode, too. Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, yeah obviously. Obviously. Clearly. But clearly, Dave. There's no question about that. It's almost frustrating um, how like obvious that matches up. Mm-hmm. But we are matching it up with Star Trek The Next Generation episodes. And if people know a lot about Star Trek, they might know what, where, where we're heading with this. Uh, I'm going to have to describe the uh, episode twice as fast because it's two episodes. It is seasons five and six episodes, 26 and one, otherwise known as Time's Arrow. Uh, One of ranked one of the best uh, Star Treks. This is two Mm -hmm. Titans uh, going at it. Yeah, two good, good episodes. Yeah. So I will explain three good good episodes the enterprise is called yeah the enterprise is called to earth by some like uh starfleet like archaeologist who is just like we found a bunch of old fossils here uh <laughs> that are that are like that th- that we think there's like a- uh, evidence of alien life and they're like oh that's neat why'd you call us and they're like oh yeah also <laughs> like they, they they bury the lead they're like we found data's head in this old mine uh from like 500 years ago and they're like well that's weird uh and so that's that's how that's the hook it's like what is data's severed head doing in this mind from 500 years ago so data has to uh accept the possibility or the inevitability that he is going his he is a some at some point he's going to travel back in time and then be decapitated and die and and everybody's kind of freaked out by this. And he's like, I, I like that I will die. I don't know why. Like, of course, it, it doesn't matter. Um, I'll just go through the plot. They they find that they also found like DNA or like some sort of uh, evidence that there's alien life native to the planet called Davidia 2. Uh, and so they're like off to Davidia 2 to figure out what's going on. You know, how did these aliens time travel? And how did data get there? We gotta we gotta investigate. So they go to Davidia 2 and they find that um there is a cavern uh with no life except Troy senses life. And so they're like, okay, we gotta figure this out. They scan, they realize that there are some sort of aliens there, uh, but they are out of phase with our time by only a few seconds. And they're like, that's that's enough for us to not see them. And I'm like, is it? But uh they uh they uh they're like we need to fi- find how to, to like communicate with these aliens to feel figure out what's up uh we need a i think they call it a time discriminator uh or phase discriminator uh and for some reason data's like i have one 
Uh, it's in my body. Sure. Uh, and so at this point, they've been trying to avoid getting data to the planet because they know like his decapitated head is going to end up somewhere. They're trying to avoid data dying because they know data will die in the past. But Picard has no choice. He's like, all right, go down to the planet. Use your phase discriminator. And they do. And data is able to uh, communicate with them while phased at a time, describing like shape-shifting aliens that are like kind of beams of, of light. Uh, he, he describes a uh, seeing two aliens with like a serpent entering a time portal. And then he himself vanishes. Uh, and what we learn is that Data has gone back in time to San Francisco on in August of 1893. Uh, and this is time-traveling Data, uh, which is a delight. He has no money. He's dressed like a maniac. His face is pale. So he tells everybody he's a Frenchman. And since everybody is just like generically racist, they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh there's an, every time they go in the past, dude, they're like, I forget the other one, but they're like, he's from South America. Yeah, <laughs> they're yeah. like, what do you think other ethnicities yeah. are? It's incredible. <laughs> um, so Data needs money and he learns about a poker game. So using his robot brain, he just cleans out these card sharks. Immediately, immediately no regard for the like for uh, preserving time. He's just like, yeah, I'm going to I don't know who these people yeah. are. Uh, he, he Which, goes by the a, way, sorry, Bender will also famously do in a Futurama episode using X-ray vision, right? Which made me this scene made me realize doesn't why doesn't Bender just use his robot brain? Go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no reason not to. Um, he befriends a bellhop who I'll just say turns out to be Jack London. He starts Forrest Gumping, uh, and by that I mean he starts meeting famous people. He's he is trying to create a um, device to find these aliens because he's trapped back in time. Uh, he, you know, he has no choice, but to just keep pushing ahead. Uh, and so he's trying to find this detector. He's using Jack London to help him, uh, who he's paying handsomely. Uh, he tells him like, I'm building an automobile engine. He, uh, he sees in the newspaper, Guinan, uh, the character Guinan, who you might know is the bartender from 10 forward working uh, or hanging out. Uh, in in the past, and he's like, "Oh shit, I guess Guinan went back in time." Uh, so he goes to find her. She is having a party with Samuel Clemens, uh, played by Deep Throat from the X Files, uh, who is just an exhausting man. They really nailed Mark Twain, in my opinion. Should have uh, been Hal Holbrook, but he's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so, uh, what data he approaches with no tact and is like, "Guinan, hi, it's me, your robot friend." I'm just going to talk about this in front of everybody because he had no regard for the past. Guinan's like, let's go talk somewhere else. He learns that Guinan didn't go back in time. She's just that old that she is just fucking hanging out in 1893, hanging out with Mark Twain, having a great time. Um, and he explains to her like, oh, yeah, we will know each other. I, I just I need your help to uh, to like get me back home. Meanwhile, Samuel Clemens is eavesdropping. And and then the, again, it's like, man, we really f fucking up time. So he's he's like, I think this guy might be a time traveling alien. Uh, and, and so he's highly suspicious. Uh, meanwhile, the Enterprise is like, OK, we have to fucking try to save data. We have to figure out what's going on. Um, we don't have this phase discriminator. But Jordy's like, eh, I could probably make one. It won't be as good as data's. It'll be unstable. Uh, but we can send a. 
uh, team down and try to go through time. Uh, meanwhile, Guinan, future Guinan on the ship, hears about it and goes to Picard and is like, listen, I don't know how to say this, but you need to go back in time. Uh, it, it, don't ask me why I know this, but it's really important for you to join that away team. I know captains don't. And Picard's like, all right, I guess I'll fucking do that. That's really cryptic. Uh, and so episode one ends with them all going through the time portal uh, back in time. Uh, you know, do, 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 to be continued wow, wow. flashes on the screen. Uh, part two, uh, the away team is now back in time, uh, trying just terribly to fit in. Uh, they say they're an acting troupe because of course they would say that because they're a fucking, they're LARPers and nerds. Uh, they, uh, they find out that these alien shapeshifters, there's a, a cholera outbreak and the, the shapeshifters are taking the life force from these uh, from people dying because they realize like no one will care. In a way it's actually rather responsible because they're they're sucking the life force by from people who are were already going to die so they're not actually messing with the timeline. Doesn't matter. Um but it's still wrong because they are, you know, steal they're killing people. Uh mm -hmm. uh they encounter these people at a hospital um and uh, they uh, they get into a, a scuffle with the locals. Meanwhile, Data is still um, building this device. And uh, Samuel Clemens pretty much like they keep being like, I, what aliens? We're not aliens from the future, Samuel Clemens. But they're doing a worse and worse job. And, and he's like, come fucking yeah. off it. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, do you not see what this man looks like? Um so he like breaks into Data's room and and overhears them explicitly talking about what they're doing. So Samuel Clemens is now uh, in the mix. <laughs> really fucked up. They really fucked up their time travel adventure. Um, Data reunites with the away team, um, picking them up when they're on the run from the law after Riker punches a cop, uh, which is, you know, delightful. Uh, he says, like, listen, I found the mine where I, I think the time portal is like that's it's this cavern where the aliens are going. And it just so happens to be the cavern I lost my head in. It's on a army base. Uh, we Guinan can get us in for some reason. Um, and so they go they go to this cavern. They have a scuffle uh, that involves fucking Clemens holding them at gunpoint. Again, really, like, there should be a moment with Picard where fucking Mark Twain walks in with a gun, like, ha hi, Data. And Picard just should be like, Data, what the fuck is, what are you doing? What happened? Um, why is Mark Twain <laughs> pointing a gun at us? But uh, there's, there's a whole scuffle where Data loses his fucking head uh, and they fight these aliens. And Data's body, but not his head, along with the rest of the away team get through the time portal without Picard, but with Samuel Clemens. They accidentally send Samuel Clemens into the future, which again, big no-no, big no-no, shouldn't do this. Um, Picard is back in time uh, with an injured Guinan. So now we got a uh, situation where, you know, how are we going to get Picard back? Uh, we got Mark Twain here. That's not good. Uh, and so Jordy. Uh, now has data now has a data body and a data head uh you know 
It's a full circle. So he reattaches the 500-year-old Data head to his body, and it takes a second, but uh, Data uh, comes to. Uh, but before that, we're also seeing Mark Twain, fun and games of Mark Twain and Troy basically showing him around and being like, like Mark Twain being like, you don't have cigars anymore. And she's like, but we eliminated poverty. And he's like, I guess that's worth eliminating cigars. And I'm like, no, nobody would ever, no old person would ever do that. They're, they're not, no one would be that reasonable. But anyway, uh, that's going on. Picard's back in time with Guinan. Uh, who uh they're having a connection because he keeps saying like we were really good good friends in the future and guy should be like you're saying we fucked right that's what you're saying but like uh this is the realization that like Guinan met Picard long before Picard met Guinan he didn't realize it and Guinan's been sitting on this information uh anywho uh Picard finds out through one of the dying aliens that if they fire on the cavern in the future that's going to like blow up Earth. That's going to fuck up the timeline. So he really needs them to not do that. And he knows that they're going to because they certainly can't like let these aliens keep draining life force. So he he puts a binary uh, message in Data's head uh, because he knows they're going to find Data 500 years from now or just his head. And uh uh, he's hoping, I guess, that they'll reattach his head, which they do. So Jordy reattached Data's head, and Data's like, oh, shit, don't fire on that planet. I know you're going to. Uh, it's going to it's gonna fuck something up. Uh, they still do, though. Why do they still do? Did they realize that, like, photon torpedoes will... It's time phase. They time phase the torpedoes. That's what it is. Fucking ridiculous. And so... Picard's still in the past, and they're like, we can, we, we can maybe um, trigger the time portal, but we'll, but we'll only be able to send one person back through if someone goes through to... Basically, Riker's like, I'll go through to get Picard, and then we'll both come back to the future. And they're like, you can't do that. We can only send one person back through. Uh, and it's like, if only we had someone from the 1800s here. And Samuel Clemens is like, I'm here. So Mark Twain has to fucking go rescue Picard um, in the past. And he does that. He takes care of the injured Guinan. Picard goes through the time portal just as the, the photon torpedoes are in the air. Like Riker has fired them because they couldn't wait any longer because the time portal dropped Mark Twain off in a weird place. Uh, so it mm -hmm. took longer and they were ready to just say, OK, I guess Picard just lives in the past. Uh, and uh, 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 just as uh, the, the the torpedoes hit, Picard jumps through that time portal uh, and they beam them back to the ship as they eradicate these aliens uh, without they didn't even try like really try to fucking reason with them. It's just funny. Like they, they were sad when the crystalline entity died this time. They're like, wipe them the fuck out. And they do somewhere in the mix. They also con a landlady into thinking she's going to be an actress. The end. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought we'd talk about it in the next segment, yeah. but, uh, we it can dispense with it. Now I, I wrote, and I think, it's defensible. Not clear at all how they resolve the temporal distortion. The baddie said shooting at it would destroy Earth, but then they do use quantum torpedo, uh, photon torpedoes. All they do is 
temporarily distort them 0.4 seconds, which I don't understand what they think that means because that implies to me that the torpedoes just hit the caves a split second before or yeah. after they would have. I'm, uh, I don't see how that would change it. Both Unless this. phasing time makes you go into an alternate dimension, which seems to be the way they're using it. And then, of course, like you said, they just genocided a race of aliens yes. because they were sucking out neural energy, which the crystal entity literally does. And when a woman kills it, they send her to prison. Right. So what's going on? What's going on? Right. Am I, yeah. uh, but besides that last point, all the jargon, like these shows like this and the X-Files, they always have like a science advisor. And I'm almost certain they just pay that person to look the other way, right? Like it's someone that they're like, listen, yeah. can you give us a list of words for them to say? And they're like subspace anomaly. And they're like, great, we're done here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like in the script, there's probably just like a bracket that just says like consult Greg uh, now, for this line. Barbarian razor beast. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, I think it's in needs to be pointed out that the fact that they genocide a race of aliens Totally proves everything Twain just said to Troy, that you <laughs> pretend to be a ship of exploration, but you're actually violent conquerors. And it's bitterly ironic that Twain goes back to the past not thinking that. Yeah. Like, he changes his mind, but he was right, demonstrably. 100%. But we're, we're, and we're I getting think it's ahead awesome. I think it's awesome that the Twain story that he pitches the bulk of in the episode is Yankee in King Arthur's court, but he's pitching a sequel where someone from their time goes to the future, and then he does that. That's pretty, pretty dumb, good. but I like it. Yeah. All right. Let's get into the next segment, which is where we call out, or, you know, we show our work, and it's a segment called Good News Number One. Good News Number One. So then by show our work, I mean, yeah, why'd we pair these? Uh, if it's all right, I'll kick us off. Yeah. Obviously, I guess I'll kick us off with the obvious, and then we can alternate like we do. Um, they're both about the characters going back in time and then getting back to the present and the robot's head is left in the past. And uh, has to age. Are, yeah. Yeah. But there's more. Dang. There is more. I mean, I would say the overall idea too, just to add on that is it's about changing your fate and can you change it? Uh, and what it, ultimately everything that happens will have always happened. Right. In both cases, that is how they deal with these time loops. Is you like, can't do anything wrong because you already did it, so it's what you were going to do, so it's done, so you can't really fuck up, yep. is, the, is the model they both work on, which you'll notice, decide, like, that's a choice. There's many other different time travel models that don't work that way, yeah. so that's interesting. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah, you oh, go. They, I would say that it's pretty samey that... Not just that it's sci-fi jargon, which they both do, but it's pretty samey sci-fi jargon that's yeah. funny to me, which is that Futurama's like, oh no, blue microwave energy, and TNG's like, oh no, here come triolic waves while the supernova explodes. It's the same deal, either both ways. Yeah, They're absolutely. like, oh no, these energy, this word I, that you've never heard in the series <laughs> before, triolic, is now happening, so we're in the past. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> just hand-waving like it. Yeah. Um, both are circling around the concept of evidence of extraterrestrials on Earth. Roswell, of course, and the mine is aliens visited us a long time ago. Uh, so they both uh, uh, circle around that idea of aliens visiting Earth 
Uh, in both cases, even though you totally didn't have to, um, you meet someone that you already know by sheer chance yep. who's in that time and place, Gynan and Enos. There are, well, there, yeah, there's coincidences is how I put yeah. it. Is like, as well as time travel. <laughs> yeah. Um, and time paradoxes. Guinan saying mm. to Picard, you have to go back in time or else we won't meet. That's a time paradox, right? Same with Fry. They're dropping them constantly. Yeah. The, the classic loop paradox. They drop a lot. Yeah. Yep. Also, they wouldn't be trapped back. Data wouldn't have been trapped back in time if he didn't find his head to begin with. If the events of the episode happened, it follows that he wouldn't be there. But that's but they're playing with that kind of time right. travel. And where, a, no, he would be. That's the thing. Right. Yeah, and that's what they're playing locked. with. The last shot of the Star Trek, which I think is a great ending, which is Samuel Clemens. Uh, picking up his watch and then realizing like, oh, no, they found the watch and putting it back down. And then they I have pan to over the to Data. Yeah. And they yeah. pan over to Data's head. And it's like ending where we began, which is nice. And it's like, but what if he had chosen to take the watch? Right. And you're like, time can't be changed. It's like Dr. Manhattan's version of time travel and Watchmen, which I do love. Um, they, a reporter asked Dr. Manhattan cause they spring a surprise on him and he seems emotionally affected in an interview. Yeah. Don't you know everything in the whole universe? Yeah. Including the fact that I would be surprised and hurt by that. So I was, <laughs> and it's like, that's an interesting version of time travel to me, which they're playing with here is that everything's locked. And even if you knew it, you would do it anyway. And it right. would feel like freedom of choice, even though it's not like it would feel like it. Right. Anyway. Um, in both cases, which goes, it's par for the course. They got to cobble together items from the past to create a piece of futuristic technology yep. to get back. In both cases, uh, we get fun and games of the characters doing a terrible job to fit in. Leila and the professor, of course, ordering at the uh, diner. Uh, and Data, just like showing his superhuman strength, I would argue all of the away team are just terrible. We've talked about this where they're the worst liars. They really are. Uh, and they don't, they speak like maniacs. They don't understand social cues. Well, Starfleet officers are not accustomed to lying. Truth is their highest yeah, duty, exactly. sir. Um, <clears throat> they're uh, Picard desperately trying to keep Data alive in defiance of fate. Very similar to Fry and Enos, yep. that relationship. Yeah, they're around, yeah, someone dying and trying to prevent and that. Data, and Picard's fixated fate. on it, yeah. Um, <laughs> in both cases... They are trying to be careful about not interfering until one of the characters just goes, ah, fuck it. Uh, yep, they both ultimately say, fuck the temporal prime directive. Fuck it, we're out. Yep. Yeah, and to a cartoonish degree um, yeah. in both cases. Uh, I would say Fry boning his grandma is very similar to the fact that Guinan and Picard were stuck in the cave unsupervised for a week or whatever yeah. at, in, in one. So here's what I'm saying. Unless this isn't the way they're doing the time travel. But I feel like the fact that the, the data's head paradox implies that it, there's some universe where there was a version. I feel like if I'm doing the split math right, there has to be a pocket universe where Guinan and Picard were both stuck in the past. Right. And we diverted from that. My point is they bone in that pocket universe. Yeah, I'm down to it, the bottom of the honestly, barrel. <laughs> oh, really? I got more. Um, Go for it. In both, a famous figure shows up as an antagonist. Uh, and an interrogator. Yeah. Right. Truman and Twain. And they both come from the angle of you're here to destroy us, aren't you? Yeah. Like that's their first notion. Yeah. Uh, if Do you have more? I got more. No. Okay. If you notice, the mine is on an army base. They have to oh. break into an army base in both <laughs> cases. Um, 
I would argue the aliens need energy, just like the Futurama. They need like a way to get back. So it's it's also like they're kind of the aliens too, where they're trying to get things from people. But there's much less of an antagonist. Yeah, that I feel like that's the one difference is that there's the energy sucking aliens versus in Futurama. The challenge is just I want to go home. <laughs> right. Um I think that's all it. I would argue there's like, uh, there's, yeah, we kind of mentioned it. The implications of like not even existing, like Guinan saying, like, we will never meet if you go back in time, which is like Fry, like, I'll never exist. And how but is I that think, possible if sh- if everything has to happen the way it happens? Anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's it. Yeah. We covered coincidences, time loop. Yeah. 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 That is how time travel goes. There's no way to make it work. In a way oh. that seems intuitive to us. The final yeah. one, this is really superficial, is that they both involve spaceships. Uh, which, Great, Dave. Great. Well, this no. is a free episode, man. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> no, no. What I mean is that Futurama could have easily done a time travel. Like, they've done other time travel ones where you build a device. Where right. that's like the instinct. And in both cases, this is not that. It's like that's they start true. float in a spaceship orbiting a, uh, a sphere. Uh, and then that's how, I, I don't know. Again, we're bottom right. of the barrel here. We, we're, yeah. we're, we're good to go. All right. Let's roll that barrel over Niagara Falls mm. and float on to the next segment where we say whatever we want. Uh, cause we're both ex cracked writers, <laughs> you know, Yeah. usually more about the star Trek because it's more fun to unpack things that take themselves seriously than things that are already joking. Yes. But the segment is called bite my shiny prime directive. Bite my shiny prime directive. <laughs> They fucked up. And I just want to I just want to point out how funny this episode is from Worf's perspective. Because Worf doesn't go back in time. Worf goes into the away team, right? And then Picard shows up and he's like, I'll take it from here, Worf. I'm supposed to Worf's like, what? Okay. And Worf has it's to one be of the, back. It's one of the classic all-time Worf shutdowns, which all Trek lovers know is a thing. Uh, yeah, the way that Picard, the blocking and everything, whereas like, uh, and it's funny cause they take five people, which is the biggest away, usually right. in a way team averages three people. Why can't Worf also go? Why can't Worf also come? And they're like, and Picard's like almost without speaking, like, okay, I'm here. Uh, who should <laughs> By get Worf. cut? Obviously Worf, you get yeah, out of here, dude. Cause the thing is, he's also <laughs> right, which is like, if you go back in time, uh, you know, it's weird to bring Worf. That's a lot of work. Uh, to like, he's going to have to yeah. be like Spock in Voyage Home. He's going to have to wear a bandana or something. But then, so Worf beams back. He's probably a little bummed, like, man, I should have been down there. Like, I'm security. And then, like, they're just hanging out on the ship. And then cut to them, like, we got to beam us up, beam us up. And they have Mark Twain. <laughs> and they're like, oh, God, we lost Picard. Uh, and Mark and Worf's yeah. got to just be like, what the fuck did you guys do down there? Yeah. Why do you have Mark Twain? How did you fuck up so bad that you showed back up with Mark fucking Twain? Like that is that is as bad as time travel gets, right? That is that is the equivalent. Oh, sorry. That is a similarity actually. Cuz when Fry goes, "Well, killed my killed my grandpa." To me that's the equivalent of like, "Well, we kidnapped Mark Twain." End, yeah, yeah. And they it's just, just don't draw attention to it as silly yeah. because they're not a comedy. Yeah. Like this is they should be this is one of those episodes. It's like the one where like the kid, that alien like takes the form of the kid's mom. It's, it's, it's one of those episodes where they should be every five minutes, like rubbing their eyes going like, man, we really fucked up. <laughs> this is, this yeah. has been spinning out of control. Cause that's what it is. 
Uh, you pointed it out, but I still think it's worth stating that this is the flagship of the Federation whose job is to explore the outer reaches of known space for the duration of the series. It really undermines the epicness of that and the idea of how long, how powerful warp is and how long it takes to traverse the universe that they can be like, hey, come back to Earth real quick. Okay, go back to the very edge of known space. Right. Like that shouldn't be possible. Um, And why would Picard, like they would send a shuttle with Picard and Data if those were the stakeholders, if you know what I mean? Like why does Riker exist if not to occasionally take command of the ship because Picard is needed somewhere? Right. Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. I feel like there are many ways. Like they could also just say, hey, we found Data's head. Here it is. Like it's it's funny that they like are like, they don't tell them. They're like, come here first. And we oh, want to we'll tell you. you when you get here, which is wild. Yeah. Right. If you think that through how that must have gone yeah. in previous circumstances. Why do they assume Data's head is dead and can't be revived? So I want to, find- yeah, I want to yeah. talk about that. First of all, one of my favorite lines just a robot. is in this episode, which is Picard annoyed walking up to Data and going, Data, is this yours about his head? Yeah. <laughs> um, but they do this whole thing where everybody gets freaked out. At the idea that Data can die. Uh, and Data is like, I, it's amazing. I, I, I'm mortal. I can die. And my question is, was that not the case before? If the, if the Enterprise exploded, which it's been... No, no. He would live. And in fact, he says, he addresses that. He says, in the past, there was always the chance that I would be incapacitated or destroyed, but an equal chance that I would go on functioning indefinitely. Got it. And that okay. prospect frightened me. So, okay, that makes sense. Where he, Which I think is an interesting, he's scared of undeath. Right. Like, he's that's like, cool. Yeah, he's, he's like, I look forward it. to death because, well, it's that question, right? Um, would you rather there be nothingness or an eternity after death? And you right. realize when you think about it, wow, I, I don't want either. <laughs> neither are that fun um and so like that's what it is is data's like yeah i just sort of assumed that i would outlive you all and get new friends uh i wasn't looking forward to that uh spoilers little do they know that you know data doesn't have to worry about that at all Mm -hmm. uh which is a real comes out all right and he can clean up at poker, which is weird because the TNG cast play poker with him and they don't seem intimidated by that. Or maybe I, so, he goes easy on them. Yeah, I was and thinking this about time this. he's using it for work, for business. I, I think. Uh, also, I think, sorry, I, before I pass, oh, I no. just got to say uh, Mark Alamo plays the Frenchman poker guy, Gold Ducat from DS9. Which oh, I was that's awesome. To see him in there, yeah. Um, here's what I think it is. If you remember in the Royale, Data, it like does the craps and like it's clear that he's like can feel the weight of the dice and do and manipulate it. I think Data can cheat at poker anytime he wants and he just doesn't. And that's like because he's just a machine. So I think he can just and that's the thing is the way poker works is you can mathematically win at poker if you do certain things. It's just really boring. So he was mm-hmm. probably doing that. Right. He was just probably doing the really like boring mechanical version of poker probably also with an edge where he probably is like you know i i can detect like minute we can count cards easily right and he can probably like tell what cards are which by like reading the backs and like memorizing the tiny scratches on the surface like i think he's just like i need money I'm I like he might as well just rob them, but this is more civilized. So I guess the interesting implication is that when he plays poker with the bridge crew, it's a farce. Like he's just 
practicing social skills. The yeah, poker well, is not a thing he's doing. I think he just shuts off that part of his brain where he's like, yeah, I could yeah. cheat, but what, he just but, lets chance unfold. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, go ahead. Oh, I just think it's a, we sort of talked about this. I think it's amazing when they're like data, we found your head, you're going to die soon. And Data's like, well, it could happen at any time. It could happen in a thousand years. And then it happens like that afternoon. <laughs> like, <laughs> of course. it's just very well, funny to me because what are the odds? Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a, when Guinan says to Picard, you have to go on the away mission, but I can't tell you why, why can't she tell him why it, so she later, she knows why. And it's not like that would change what he does. He would do what she says even more if he knew why. I think I know because later Riker, it's really funny. I love the moment where Riker goes back and he's just like, Guinan. What the fuck? You know, because the realization is like, you've been on this enterprise and you've known about this the whole time. And you haven't mentioned my, so my thoughts is I don't think Guinan knows how time travel works and why would she? So I think what she's doing is she's like treading very lightly, right? Like she probably learned, she heard that about data's head. They, she heard that they're going to the planet and she says to Picard, she's like, I guess a captain wouldn't go on that trip. So I think she realized like, fuck, how is, I know Picard's going to go on that trip, but I'm a little scared. And like, you could Mm -hmm. argue, she probably thought about the paradox where she's like, I'm sure there's a reason he'll go on. Um, but because it's his fate, right? Right. Because it's his fate, but maybe I should make sure. Like, I think Mm -hmm. it was her kind of being a little weak where she's like, fuck man, I got to make sure. And then later she's just like, all right, listen, I've already said too much. Like, I don't want to fuck anything up. I just don't know how time travel works. Right. That's my guess. Uh, Although I do, I think Guinan lore is my favorite, especially because it never got like Q becomes fully, fully explained. I, she stays mysterious. Like I love in this. And she says stuff that's actual wisdom that I believe is true. That like rises above the script. And is one of the reasons I love TNG is they try for philosophy and sometimes they hit stuff that really is uh-huh. like, that's very wise in this one. She says a diamond is still a diamond. Even among millions, it still shines as bright, which is a really compelling thing to think about in the face of infinity. Yeah. Making everything seem worthless. Um, and then Twain of course is Ryan says, yeah, I wouldn't call the human race diamonds. Yeah. And you're like, that's true too a good scene it is um, good. He, and later the fact that she's like did my father send you here tell him i'm not done and he cuts her off i'm like what is Guinan? i want to know right, that's the line Guinan's that, whole story i'm sure it's in the novels or whatever i don't know that's the line that made me write down the note why haven't we gotten a Guinan series uh and i know it'd yes. be difficult you'd have to cut you might have to recast if you did like a prequel and you'd be um, like, Sister Act is Guinan. All Whoopi movies were that, Guinan. That'd be amazing. No, I think you could do like almost like Adventures of Young Indiana Jones style where you have Whoopi Goldberg playing Guinan in, the, in like the future and she's telling mm. her stories or something. Um, yeah. I just, but also part of me is like, well, what if the, the whole point, the thing that makes me think about that is that we don't know and that's what's compelling, you know? Um, I don't trust the people making Star Trek right now to make a Guinan series but I want that so bad and I love what they do with Guinan that she's like a being that will you know like the yesterday's Enterprise episode where she can tell when like the timeline is off and shit Mm -hmm. Um, it's great yeah she says full circle ha yeah I want to point out that Uh, Data meets a homeless man on the street 
then he wins a bunch of money at poker and then he doesn't, he doesn't help that homeless man. And well, that poor dude. <laughs> then of course his only reason for existing is to get his uh, soul sucked into the Ghostbusters trap satchel. Right. And it's like, how much life energy can this dude even have left? Right. Like leave this dude alone to die in the gutter. Come on. On that subject though, I will uh-huh. want to point out that those the evil aliens are fucking yeah. up the timeline way less than the Enterprise crew. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um and there's that whole B plot, as you mentioned, where they have to defraud the boarding house lady. Yeah. Did they not think to bring currency, knowing that they were I, going back in time to the 1800s? They brought outfits. They clearly bought they brought outfits. Out, right, exactly. Like, That's my point. Yeah, yeah. why didn't they bring uh, currency? That that weirded me out. I love Replicate that he dumps that, that on Mark Twain at the end. I love the ending mm-hmm. where Picard's just like... <laughs> Like they've been so distracted where Picard like geeks out right at the last minute of like, listen, we've all simulated you on the holodeck. We've all been freaking out this entire time. There just hasn't been like time for this. I just want to say I'm a big fan, but also can you go, can you go settle up our tab? Because um, yeah. we sort of robbed and uh, like grifted this woman because <laughs> they grift the shit out of her. Totally. Yeah, they never pay. Yeah. I also thought it was odd. Like that your one two punch of celebrities is Mark Twain and then Jack London and like Call of the Wild is a fine book. Right. But to me, that's the equivalent of a show about our time or the nineties and there and a little kid or a guy's like, I'm Daly, Carson Daly. <laughs> like, who right. cares? It's so weird. <laughs> I also like the scene where he's just like, Ain't America great? And he just goes off of how, how Data pulled himself up by his bootstraps. And Comrade oh, the Comrade lie of the Data, American dream. Yeah, Comrade yeah. Data says, I believe I've given you an erroneous impression. Yeah, <laughs> so which Data I did even, like. Yeah, I like the Data's like, uh, so capitalism is a lie, but you know what? You'll find that out. You'll figure it out. Um, also that Riker chooses to be a cop. And then when he fights another cop, he says, I, I watch this carefully if you haven't seen the episode in a while. He says, uh, I want you to know I have utmost respect for the law. And then I swear to God, he does the palm punch to the nose that as a kid you learn, oh, that shoves your bone into your brain. That's the instant kill punch. Like that's what he pulls on the other cop. Right. Also an Antifa. I guess what we're saying is TNG would be like a resist. Really a a group in the past. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to the reporter that Mark Twain is telling all this to um, because like. Well, that's wild to me that Mark Twain's like, there are aliens from the future. And the reporter's like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Like, what is yeah. that story going to end up being when Mark Twain has to then suddenly be like, I was wrong. Like, that. Mm-hmm. Like again, that alone feels like it's going to discredit Mark, Mark Twain's entire career. Oh, sorry, going through my notes, I realized here was my point that I think will make it make sense about the Whoopi Goldberg and Patrick Stewart fucking in the cave. Oh, yeah. So because... Because Data's head made it to the future, doesn't that imply a sub loop or half reality where Picard did like live and die in the 1800s so that that time could pass for the head to get to the present? Or you can say the human brain can't understand time travel. It's a paradox. I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot there. Like they they had they've had their exes. Right. Because he says, like, we've been we're more than friends. Uh, oh, it goes far beyond friendship, man. Like guy in and my Picard, head, no. It feels like they've, like I, I don't know Look, because mm-hmm. they're like we'll never meet. And then when he sees her, first sees her, he's like smiling at her. And then she's like, "So we're friends." And he says, "It goes far beyond friendship to her." And it just yeah. feels like sex. No, nope. 
Not at all, Dave. I know we like to joke here, and one of your favorite things to note is these two people were left alone unattended. They must have fucked. But I'll just say I'm going through a therapeutic process right now where I cast <laughs> my parts inside my body, inside my mind, and Picard and Guinan are in there, and no, they can't fuck her. It would ruin my you psyche. So You don't think they ever cannon, fucked? No. So this is no. actually my headcanon. Guinan has no need to fuck. Oh, I is, no, I disagree. Oh, oh. Uh, you're right. Cause she wants, she's here to experience there, everything, but and not remember, Picard. Do you remember the episode not where Picard. she hits on Worf? Where Some she sits down with Worf and she's just like, <laughs> you ever think about making it with a yeah. human? And he's like, or she's too like fragile. Not a like, human. She's like, just so you know, my people are physically ro- like you could yeah. fuck me and it wouldn't break my body. Yeah. I just saying guy. Yeah. Fucks. And like the Picard. one where she flirts with Riker. I just assume that's actually how they met. I assume they okay. started everyone as like at one Dave night. and Len, please confirm that Guinan and Picard. No, it's, some things have to remain pure, Dave. They're like two philosopher pure. kings who have this whatever. I just think it's a future <laughs> where they I'm sure they can they've eradicated all STDs. Pregnancies are you can get rid of it in a punch a push of a mm. button. I just think it's a fucking it's a just a, I mean that's objectively it's a not meat true. Market. It's just if you include Voyager, there's an STD episode. Oh, so. uh, okay. I just assume there's fucking and sucking left and right on the Enterprise, but you know. Like it's just nothing. I do to them. too, but not Picard and Guinan. All right, all right, all right. That's fair. That's fair. Um, uh, <clears throat> so, uh, and then the last thing I want to say in this segment is. Uh, I love that TNG is already unpacking the nuance and the gray area of the Roddenberry dream and vision of a perfect future by having Mark Twain say things like the conquistadors also said we're exploring. Yes. But I hate that it ends with Mark Twain agreeing that humankind is great and the future looks bright. I just know for a fact if Mark Twain could be resurrected and see this episode, he would hate it oh yeah it's like the opposite of his entire view well when about humanity yeah like, and there's no way i would personally be suspicious like when troy says poverty was eliminated i would follow like, up and be like oh yeah wow what? explain <laughs> yeah <laughs> what did you do <laughs> like yeah. what, what kind of nazi future did you fucking make here you know like he's he and also i just refuse as we've learned people don't like regulations and so, so like saying like cigars with tobacco that's very addicting isn't around anymore mark twain and having mark twain ever say like perhaps it's worth giving up a cigar like that's such an idealistic no version. he'd say why can't he'd say why can't we have everything are you exactly. having cured lung cancer why can't i smoke a cigar and then have you take out my lung or exactly. yeah he'd have more questions is the point yeah <laughs> and yeah i do uh, like uh-huh. that he gives them the business i like that mark twain is such a fucking problem for them throughout right. this episode again pointing a gun at them um, even though data whatever you can always say this about data but like he can't tell there's a human hiding in the closet he has life sign sensors in his yeah. body but whatever it's fine <laughs> yeah. um uh let's do joker well, hold on. shout out to jordy real quick because we've uh, skipped over the part where he sees the alien and he just bodies that alien i've never seen jordy do that jordy throws down in this episode yeah. in a way that i've never seen him do and no one calls attention to it he just like fucks up that well, alien. Well, you do. That's why. That's the service we provide. Oh yeah, and then again, yeah. we uh, just uh, can't stress enough that we genocide aliens in this episode. All right, we can do yeah, Joker Let. 
Um, I've never seen a supernova blow up, but if it's anything like my Chevy Nova, it'll light up the night sky. This is where we say our favorite jokes from the Futurama. (laughs) This keeps going. Bender. Yeah, anyone who misses this will regret it for the rest of their life. Hey, Fry, could you go make some popcorn? Fry. Okay. Hey, what smells like blue? Yep. (laughs) Um, Very Simpsons joke. Do not put in microwave tag. So he tears the warning tag off and goes, hey, Hey, which crazy thing happening are you guys screaming about? <laughs> oh, my popcorn's done. It's an entire ear of corn. Ah, it's less pop than ever. Because I guess if you took popcorn and traveled back in time, it would de-age even though you don't? Yeah. Fuck it, we're moving doesn't on. doesn't matter. Um, they go through the time tunnel and then Layla says, I don't know exactly what just happened, but we've taken on a lot of clocks. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like knee deep in clocks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is one that I've seen in a few time travel things, Professor. And what's this layer of ozone? That's never yeah. been there before. Which is funny because I understand it we has healed, healed it. in our own time now as we say this. Yeah, because we stopped using hairspray with whatever's in them. Yeah. Um, there's no GPS signal from the orbital satellites. Our ship is unable to navigate. We're going to crash. Leela, <laughs> not if I can help it. Oh, wait, I can't. <laughs> Uh, after they crash, Leela. All right, here's the plan. Zoidberg, pick up the pieces. Everyone else, take five. <laughs> take five. <laughs> Roger. I mean, I'm obsessed with that Roger joke yeah. now from the Globetrotters episode. Uh, Roger. Yeah. Um, General, in all my years of covering national secrets with sheets, I've never unveiled something as shocking as this. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. The debris from an alien spaceship. Son, I think I can safely say. Ah! <laughs> um, quick line before that, when Zoidberg mm-hmm. sees all the trucks coming, he goes, "What is?" <laughs> Which I just think is what is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> huh? What is? Uh, Zoidberg from his alien cage after they talk about, you know, have you come to Congress or whatever? So what are we doing tonight? I'm up for whatever. (laughs) Before that professor, some idiot must have put metal in the microwave fry. Yo. Yo. Professor again. Our only hope is to get back to our own time by going through the space hole in, oh, say exactly 24 (laughs) hours. (laughs) Uh, Professor also, you mustn't interfere with the past. Don't do anything that affects anything unless it turns out you were supposed to do it. In which case, for the love of God, don't not do it. And then Fry, got it. Got it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The general to Zoidberg. Why did you come to Earth? Not a day goes by. I don't ask myself that. (laughs) Bender, Fry, stop interfering with history. I want to have to memorize a bunch of new kings when I get back. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I like the follow up. I can't help it. I can feel myself fading away like Greg Kinnear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you almost got yourself run over trying to save Enos. I did. I sure am lucky you knocked me onto this pile of rusty bayonets. <laughs> and later, uh, it's time to go like touch the uncooked chicken. Mm, finger licking good. <laughs> the general, like him trying He's to save his doomed. father. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, uh, I like the bombing range, formerly minefield. I like Enos. Uh, you got anything to eat in that there lunch box box? Mm-hmm. Ooh, snacks, Bender. Hey, that's my brain. 
Sir, your wife's hysterical, so I'll address this to you. This model's so fast you can cook a roast in five and a half hours. And for the lady, it's got a foot-soaking tub mm-hmm. at the bottom, since you'll be standing in front of it all day. <laughs> and then, of course, Leela beats the shit out of it. Because yep. that's how you lampshade that joke. Yep. Uh, the classic line, Fry, about his grandma. She sure is pretty. You ought to marry her and father some children right away. Enos, yeah, folks say that. <laughs> But you ever get the feeling you're only supposed you're only going with girls because you're supposed to? Uh, what? Don't ever say yeah. or think that again. And Fry, um, the, I mean, later the fucking calendar is. Just I, stay I put that. and enjoy this calendar. Yeah. And you are out of here. We mentioned yep. um, the professor and Leela trying to blend in at a diner. I'll have the Soylent Green, a slice of Soylent Orange and the Soylent Coleslaw. Professor, don't forget it's the 20th century. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, I'll have a croque monsieur, the paella, <laughs> two mutton chops, and a stein of mead. That's so good. And she, I'll just have a small injection of femislim. Uh, two chili dogs. That's it so is. good. <laughs> there was so much where I was writing entire scenes. Uh, yeah. Professor, uh, in the diner, above all else, it is our sacred duty to preserve the past exactly what like it was. Fry, well, killed my own grandpa. Layla, wait. <laughs> You killed your own grandfather? Why do you still exist, Fry? I don't know. Maybe God loves me. <laughs> and then uh-huh. Bender just laughs. Uh-huh. Uh, in case you're worried about Enos, his whole body was vaporized, so there's no chance that he'll come back as a zombie. Well, that's another one. <laughs> I wasn't worried about that. <laughs> then you're a braver man than I. <laughs> you, but- you know, you're a brave man, too. You remind me of Enos. Would you walk me home? Uh, how, how far, far is, is it? it? That entire scene, because it begins with her going yeah. on the phone, killed in an atomic blast? No, sir. I don't take much solace in the fact that the implosion trigger functioned perfectly. Yeah. Uh, the whole Enos's death is handled great. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he's realizing he's gay at the moment that he gets blown up. Yeah. Um, I also love the G-men bring in a big crate that says canned eggs. And then Harry Truman breaks out of it like a Frankenstein. So good. And then, of course, <laughs> Truman and Zoidberg. Uh, Truman, yeah. if you come in peace, surrender or be destroyed. If you're here to make war, we surrender. Zoidberg, both good. What's important good. is I'm meeting new people. Truman, Bushwa. Now, what's your mission? Are you planning to make some kind of alien-human hybrid? Zoidberg, are you coming on to me? <laughs> Truman, hot crackers. I take exception to that. Zoidberg, I'm not hearing a no. Yeah. So, so uh, Also, good. one of his best, most seminal, what an honor. Yeah. The president, what an honor. Um, every little thing reminds me of Enos. She looks at a picture of a nuclear <laughs> blast, a framed photo on her nightstand, yeah. and then Fry says, Wow. Oh, I know how you feel. My grandpa died <laughs> recently. <laughs> um, visual, the, the autopsy of Zoidberg. Heart, Zoidberg goes, take, I got four of them. Scientist, stomach contents, one deviled egg. Zoidberg goes, deviled egg, eats it, pulls out another de- deviled egg and says, the same deviled egg. <laughs> I feel like this is a proto, this is a cool way to die, which may be my favorite fry moment in the entire series. This is a cool way to die. Yeah. Um, in this one. Which is a, a reference to Gomer Pyle, which I guarantee probably 85% of people listening to this are too young to remember. But an old army sitcom. Uh, Enos is a is based on a character. Yes. Gomer Pyle. So at the end, his drill sergeant goes, Enos! And then Fry from a distance just yells, he's <laughs> dead. dead. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, them as they fly away, Professor yelling, choke on that, Calsaudi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Last one for me is uh, Zoidberg duct taping himself back up. Everything's back to normal. I'm good as new. But don't you need this one? Says Lilo holding up like an alien organ. Oh, no. That's my... Gotcha. Um, well, there's all right. My, th- I, I really like this subversion. Uh, Bender, what was it like lying in that hole for a thousand years, Bender? I was enjoying it until you guys showed up. I just like the idea that not only did he not go insane, but he preferred it. It was nice. <laughs> yeah. It was like chill. Yeah. And, uh, and he processes time so quickly. It was like that was like a nap, a 10 minute nap to him. Right. Shout out to just the general gag of Fry trying to save his grandfather, nuking him and fucking Mm. his grandmother. Like that's (laughs) that's wild. As a sentence that you're like, if that pitch, you're like, okay, we got the sci-fi show at Star Trek with jokes. I think Fry should go back in time, kill his grandpa, fuck his grandma, come back to the present and everything's the same. It's like, really? Do you understand how sci-fi handles time travel? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, what? It would be funny. Yeah. And and he was right. And of course they work it into the long-term plot that makes him special. Of course, this will. Yeah, we'll get to it when we yeah. get to it. But this is a key keystone episode in the plot of how Fry yeah. is special. I also yeah, just yeah, want to point out know. that they chose to watch a supernova like right next to it, which is right. just very dumb. That's all. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move it along into uh, our penultimate segment where we decide which show handled the offer better. It's called this. What nine? Knock it up a notch. Maximum wall. Take it so. Engage. No, don't engage. Um, Energize. Yeah, Michael, I hate this. I I almost want to refuse because I feel like it's a Star Trek almost because it's a double header and it's like what a collaboration of human beings to create this whole hour and this 90 minute thing. It's basically a film. Yeah. But on the other hand, how can Roswell that ends well lose, lose. something? No, this is <laughs> right? fucked up. This is absolutely yeah. fucked up. They're both masterpieces. I do think I have to lean towards Star Trek only because it's a movie. The, it's basically yeah. a movie. It's a two-parter, so it's an hour and a half. And some it's parts are weak, home. but overall, it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah, and the ending always gets me. The time loop that they've presented, it's a lot of fun with time travel. Um, it really is. Yeah, and I think it, tr- it, it technically treats time la- travel slightly more complex but they both kind of play it fast and loose again this is one where it's like i don't i don't really want to pick a favorite if if i had to i guess i'd go with star trek but they both need to exist you know uh they're both they're both two of the best fucking episodes of their respective series Okay, then I'll vote Futurama because I think one and Thank one is you. the happiest outcome we can get. That's yeah. great, yeah. And, we, and we'll just move right along. A strategic um, vote. Yeah, it was a political <laughs> compromise. Uh, no no integrity to it at all. Which brings us, speaking of no integrity at all, <laughs> it brings us to our final segment where we talk to you, the audience. Um, this is our fan Q&A segment. Fan is presumptuous but it's called hailing frequencies something 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 captain something 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 warp something open hailing frequencies frequencies open sir i don't want to live on this planet anymore all righty i'll take us through a few cues fanny cues Um, let's do it i I saved like 10 and uh i don't have time to go through all 10, which I kind of wanted to, but we talked a lot, which is great because that's that's what, the, what that's you're what here for mostly. Is, but yeah. I just want to say I'm saving. If you answered my recent Twitter thread, there were some great questions. It was one of the more answered 
question threads recently, and I really appreciate it. So keep listening, get behind that paywall, listen to the other episodes. You see, you hear how I wove that They're in. They're good. And, yeah. uh, and you'll get to hear your name pop up, I swear. Just like Elon Musk's egotism, parentheses, parody badge for baby boy huh. at just some, and then the name is so long that Twitter cut it off, asks, what's something you would do or seek out in the 50s that you can't do or see now? Uh, cocaine in the, is, did they have cocaine in the soda still? Probably not. I think, yeah, Coca-Cola I, I would with enjoy real cocaine some, in it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, would in, I would enjoy generally some unregulated food. Oh um, yeah. And like people, they don't know about like, or they'll still give you like morphine and shit. Yeah, That's true. In I, those times. Yeah. I also honestly like, uh, it's funny that I went to food, but like, I want right. to see if a malt shake, um, is any different. I'm guessing it's not. I'm guessing a lot or of it, but like, you is know. a hamburger fit taste realer or something? Right. Yeah. <laughs> is it like, it probably doesn't because it's like, oh, yeah, you could cook this at home. But I would be curious about how the food uh, worked out, like, if it is like with less additives and shit, if it is yeah. like, like if a candy bar tastes different, you know? Dave, processed. Oh, like, I'm, I'm still like a processed <laughs> food. Um, yeah, totally. I'd also, oh, yeah, I'd back to the future to it too. I'd get, I'd gamble and win, you know? Well, bananas, like banana flavored candy apparently was invented to taste like how bananas used to taste. Right. They don't anymore. So it'd be interesting to taste the past banana. But, and I do not mean this to be self-righteous or make yours look bad. No. The first thing that came to mind for me would be like, see Martin Luther King speak in person. No. Yeah. yeah and that kind, of, that kind of, that kind of. That like bombs the shit out of yours. Yours seems I'm still not interested. stupid and some really or like I would see Satchmo in concert or like uh, I might see. see know, I don't. I don't like stuff like shit like that. I don't see like the any, Beatles. I don't like. See, I don't care about the Beatles. I. 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 I, I like but, punk okay, rock. See, so like if I know you the, right. If it was like, see the Stooges and shit. They're and not in the fifties, are they? Yeah, but but I'm saying if you were in the fifties, you would a you would be alive and. At a good oh, time to do that. I thought this was like a you're visiting and leaving. Um, well, if I was visiting and leaving, then I would just. Uh, I try to watch a nuke test. Uh, have sex with a horse because it can't come back on me. That's true. You can have sex with <laughs> sure. any horses. In All the right. Past. Then the candy bar thing. Dave wins. Yeah. Uh, next no, sorry. question. If this is like no, go you ahead. go back in time and you're stuck there. Then I think they were. No, I think they mean what you mean. Oh, probably, okay. But I but mean, yeah. it, it depends on how much time and stuff. Because I was imagining right. like this episode and it's like, I, I don't if, if he's in town and stuff, I would definitely try to do certain things. You know, you know, I do. I go to the if I if I was sticking around for a while, I'd stick around for like the Kennedy assassination and I would like <sighs> bet on it. I'd be like, bet you. Bet you 10 he does bucks. on this day at this yeah, time exactly. and then the fbi knocks on your door and yeah. you're like zoop and back I'm to like, the future i'm gonna get better what, what can i tell you um number two uh aldo m at talented and hot i didn't know we could just say stuff like that about ourselves <laughs> and our usernames absolutely says was mega man x oh this is just for me was mega man x the inciting incident for your current mental health downturn well huh, dave I'll, I'll answer was this it? i'll answer this yes for no. me no no it was a trigger for an episode, but I've been having an escalating series of mental health episodes um, because of a multitude of factors. I'm fucking with my mood med that I've been on for 15 years. At the same time, I'm not getting good sleep for a variety of reasons and I'm overworking. So right. uh, Mega Man X was just like grist in the mill. Right. It's, it. it's the thing of like Jodie Foster didn't make that guy take a shot at the president <laughs> right, exactly. like it's a lot of other things that yes yeah. he might have said that but yeah 
uh, indecisive bloop at bloop indecisive. Compare you to. Hinkley, but oh, you know. Hinkley, yeah, <laughs> says people talk about accessing a time machine to kill Hitler. But if you had to kill an American from history, who would you pick? You have to murder someone and consider that you're a good person, or like you know, the exercise is who do you actually think killing would cause the most good or spare the most harm? Well, I just mentioned Hinkley, moving, yeah, moving on. <laughs> Ru- mine's Rupert Murdoch. <laughs> oh, that's a good moving one. On. I so, uh in my research for some more news, there's this thing about America where we had all these things uh, and they were going okay. Uh, and then something happened in the 80s and everything went wrong uh, right around a certain time. So, you know, I don't know if it would do the most good. Ah. I, I would just say... I want to see what that. Please would do. don't kill me, mommy. I want to live, mommy. Yeah. There's a I reason there's a about. great punk band <laughs> called Jody Foster's Army, which is of course a Hinkley uh, reference. But yeah, I, I that's all. That's you know. Oh my, yeah, Reagan's pretty goddamn evil, but it's also in our lifetime. So like, I wonder if you were from a different time in history. So, I think you would feel differently. You know, there would be someone else. You're like them, them. I'm sure I there remember is, them. again. I'm sure there's like worse thing. You know, like. I, it's hard to tell. Like we, I think about like fucking, you know, bat, you know, yeah. the, the, there's atrocities that we did. We slaughtered entire fucking, uh, you know, tribes of Native Americans and so on and so forth. So it's mm. like if I knew history well enough, I bet there's like a person that you could butterfly effect to like, you know, save a lot of lives. I Thank just don't know you. who that person is. Thank you, dude, for making me remember. I'd kill Ashton Kutcher, obviously. Oh, uh, yes. All right. That's Star Trek The Next Futurama, episode 45. Uh, Thanks for joining us. I do need to wrap it up quick because I'm about to have four hours of therapy. Going to be great. (laughs) Sounds fun. Thanks for joining us, y'all. Again, hit up patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed for the other half of this series, as well as half of Spielboys about the works of Steven Spielberg, hosted by our counterparts, Abe Epperson, Tom Ryman. Um, To get that whole series, you'll also need to patronize Small Beans as well. Mm -hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Bye. Bye.